and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today I'm going to be talking about The Inheritance of Orquieda Divina by Zoraida Cordova. So I looked up how to pronounce all of those names and I think I got it right. I'm going to try my best to uh, do uh, the correct pronunciation throughout. There's a little gnat flying around my face and I'm trying to kill it but I missed, so I might try and kill it as I'm recording. Anyways, this is a fantasy novel and was my August book of the month pick, but I didn't get to it until September, which is why you're getting the episode now. This book is interesting. It is interesting, and I think this is going to be an interesting and short episode because I don't have a ton to say about it. So I want to provide a spoiler warning here before I get into the discussion section that I am going to spoil the inheritance of Orquieta Divina. And if you don't want it to be spoiled, you should stop here, go read the book, and then come back and listen to the episode and hear my thoughts, opinions, and retelling of the story. So without further ado, I think I'm going to just go right into the plot summary and see what happens. So like I said, this is a fantasy novel, and it follows the death of Orqueda Divina, who is the grandmother of most of the characters. Then the other main characters are Marimar and Ray, two of her grandchildren, their cousins, and they live in New York. Ray, at the beginning of the book, is an accountant, and Marimar is a college student who wants to be a writer. It also follows Tatanelli, and then at the beginning of the book, she's pregnant with her unborn daughter, Rhiannon. And those are kind of the main characters. So at the beginning of the book, everybody in Orquieta's family receives a letter that says she's dying and to come collect their inheritance. So they all go back to Four Rivers in, I think, Texas. I'm not quite sure if it was ever specified to collect their inheritance and to say goodbye to their grandmother or their mom, whoever. And Orquieta has lived a very interesting life and in that she was born in Ecuador and then she eventually walked to four rivers and then made a house there and she has had four husbands now we know she's actually had five husbands however her family only knows of four of them and of these four husbands she had a bunch of kids and now has a bunch of grandchildren as well so everybody shows up and they all have very complicated relationships with her so they show up and they can't get into the house because of whatever reason so they figure out that they have to ask nicely and say that they've come to collect their inheritance and they get in and Orquieta is transforming into a tree she's literally transforming into a tree everybody so she's sitting down in a chair and her whole bottom part of her body is roots and her fingers are starting to turn into branches and it's creeping up her body so they arrive there are some fights and some arguments and whatnot and before she fully transforms into a tree she gifts everybody with a seed and she says to plant the seed and you will get your inheritance right but Ray Marimar and um, at the very end of this section Tatanelli gives birth to her daughter Rhiannon all get instead of a seed a living flower that is now a part of their body so Marimar has a closed bud at her throat at the bottom of her throat and if you take a look at the cover of the book you can see where it is ray has a red rose in between his thumb and his pointer finger 
and um, Rhiannon has a rose in the middle of her forehead. So then she dies after there are some family secrets sort of revealed, like nobody knows who Marimar's um, father is, but she finds a picture that has his hand with a eight-pointed star ring on it, and Marimar's mother died mysteriously, so that's also kind of interesting because apparently her father was involved in this death, but we don't know what's going on with that. And we also, throughout this book, it kind of goes back and forth between Orchieta's life as a child and like before she moves to Four Rivers and then the present day, what's going on with the family. So like in the past, in Orchieta's life, she was born to a single mother whose family basically disowned her when she got pregnant out of wedlock. And she grows up and she was said to be born under bad stars. She was said to be very unlucky that fate made her unlucky basically and so she grows up and becomes kind of one with the water like um ends up conversing with a river monster and she's catching fish and all of that and then her mom eventually meets this man and they get married and they have six children and she kind of has a cinderella story and that she gets turned into sort of a maid or a nanny for her youngest sister and then like the family doesn't like her and she gets in trouble and like abused and whatever so then she decides to run away and that starts kind of the next section of the book so then the next section there's it's split into four parts the second part is probably the shortest part and it, it passes within seven years of kind of like what everybody's been doing in the past seven years so ray was an accountant but he promised his grandma orchieta that he would paint again because what he's always wanted to do is be an artist so he goes back to new york and he ends up becoming a super famous artist marimar ends up inheriting the house after orchieta passes away however she's still alive as a tree so she's not truly dead but for all intents and purposes she's pretty much dead and so marimar decides to rebuild the house and she stays in four rivers and then uh, rhiannon grows up Tatsunelli is her mom, and then she's married to this normal dude, Mike Sullivan, who really does not understand any of what is going on here, like most people would not understand what's going on. Then, at the end of this section, three family members are killed, and Ray almost dies, and they realize that they are being stalked, so they all go back to Four Rivers, everybody in the family goes back, and they bury the different uh, family members, but then one of the uncles said that he wanted his ashes to be spread in the river in Guayaquil. I don't think I'm saying that right, but it's in Ecuador, which, and it's the city where Orchieta's from. Flashing back over to Orchieta's story, she joins a circus and she ends up falling in love with the ringmaster, and it's good for a while, but then he ends up, they get married, but he also ends up being a philanderer. He cheats on her pretty frequently, but Orchieta's also his one true love, so he always comes back. Orchida ends up finding the living star, who is part of the circus, and finds out that it's actually a real person who's actually a star. So I guess not a real person, but a star? An alien? I don't know. And whoever possesses him basically can get wishes granted, which is how the circus is so popular. So the star and Orchieta strike a deal that she will free him, and in return he will give her some of, her ma some of his magic. And so that's kind of going on there. So then Marimar, Ray, Tatanelli, Rhiannon, and Mike go to Ecuador and they meet um, some of Orchieta's family who live there, like her half-sister, the youngest one, who's the only nice one because she was three, so you know. 
and they spread the ashes, but then Mike and Tatanelli get extremely sick and um, they both end up actually dying. But um, before that, before Tatanelli dies, it's revealed that she also had a piece of a flower growing out of her belly button and she uses that to defeat the evil at the time we think it's the living star coming after them so that the family can survive. So that was very upsetting that she died because she was a fun character. Anyways, then Orchieta, she, her plan doesn't come to fruition correctly and that she tries to free the living star, but her husband, what was his name, Bolivar, he comes back too soon. And so she tries to free the star, but instead she takes more magic than he was willing to part with, which leaves him weak and allows Bolivar, instead of the star can't get his freedom. And so Bolivar is able to control him and send the star after Orchieta, which is why she would never leave Four Rivers. She always stayed there. And now he is after her descendants. And we find out also that the star is Marimar's father which is kind of wild because there was a point in time which he was free and he met her mom and they found love and had her but then he got trapped and the mom is killed and he's back in Bolivar's servitude basically and so to figure all this out they like resurrect Orchieta's mom and they talk to her skeleton ghost and then they try to talk to the river monster and they find where the living star is they learn this thing Bolivar comes and they uh have an epic battle and escape and raised petals are falling off and Bolivar pulls the closed bud out of Marimar's throat which was very graphic and kind of gross and very painful for her and they go and they end up getting back to Four Rivers because there's a secret tunnel from like where the star's other world is into the bottom of the lake or the pond I guess in Four Rivers so they end up there and then Bolivar and the stars show up and there's an epic showdown and the family's battling and Orchieta comes back out of the tree and they fight and then they defeat him but Orchieta is now actually dead and no longer a tree and then Marimar adopts Rhiannon and they live their lives and that's how the book ends. Honestly, that was pretty succinct. Go me. So this was a very interesting book as I said at the beginning and that I don't know how I feel about it. Did I like it? Did I not? I'm kind of conflicted. I didn't not like this book. Like I didn't pick it up and be like oh I have to read this just so I can get to the end. Like I just want to be over or it wasn't a reading experience where I was like oh my god I hate everything that's happening but it also didn't do anything for me. It did not pull me in I was not super invested in the book or the characters or the story or anything that was happening. It was just kind of there. Like even now, I kind of put off recording this for a little bit because I couldn't decide what I wanted to say. And so that might come across throughout the rest of this podcast, but I just feel very conflicted and I don't know if I would recommend this book to somebody or not. I would recommend this book to somebody who's like, I want to read something by an Ecuadorian person, basically. I don't know if she's actually from, I think she just has of Ecuadorian descent. Nope, she was born in Ecuador, but lives now in New York City, which kind of makes sense, the author, to be um, precise, exact, etc. Anyways, so I would recommend this if you were like, I want to read 
something different. And this is also a very different sort of fantasy novel. It is not, I think, what you would call high fantasy, and it's not really an urban fantasy either. It feels very different from a traditional fantasy novel. Yes, there's magic, but the magic is not really explained well. There's not really a magic system. Nobody in the book except for the living star and maybe Orchieta knows how to use magic and you're never explained how they use their magic just that there is magic and so like you don't there's no magic system you don't understand that and then the only like magic thing there is is like magic if that makes sense there's no other creatures which is another difference and what I think also makes it different from or I don't know so it's a very different take but it is nice because you're getting a new cultural perspective on magic, family, storytelling, things like that. So I did appreciate it for the the cultural um, newness to me. And does that make sense? I'm not sure if that makes sense. But that's what I appreciated about it is that it was just very different. So it's always nice to pick something up that's different. However, it might have been a little too far different from what I'm used to and understand for me to truly get this story. I haven't seen a lot of reviews about this book online. Maybe I'll go search them out later. I don't like to look at the reviews before I read the book because sometimes it can color how I think about it. I'm not sure if any of you are feel similarly that way or not. But I saw like one and it was a negative review. So that's not really a representative sample. I'm not really sure how it's being um um, what's the word? Received. I'm not really sure how it's being received, but it's been an interesting book. Oh, I also forgot to say that the end, um, Mari Mara grows a special orchid where the bud that was ripped out of her throat com- came from. So that's kind of cool. And you can see it on the cover. I will say the cover for this book is really cool. It's got who must be Mari Mara on the front cover because of where, of the orchid that is on the throat. And then it's a woman and she's got long hair and then there's roses all around her and on the back and it looks really cool. The one thing I would get rid of is the hummingbirds by the orchid. I feel like they I don't need them per se but it is a really cool cover so you should go check out my photo on Instagram at I read a book once blog so you can see what the cover looks like but I will say it was a pretty cool cover. One thing though the whole time I was reading it I was like this would make a good TV show And let me explain, because I've just gone through minutes of talking about how I don't know if I would recommend this book to somebody, and it was kind of odd and whatever, but I think all of those things that make it not me unsure if I like the book or not would make it a good TV show. And I want to say TV show specifically and especially because I think it would have enough time to really develop the story in a way that a movie would not, which is why typically things make better TV shows than books make better TV shows than movies when they're adapted. Anyways, so I think this would be a good TV show because it's very interesting, very quirky. Part of this might be that I just finished watching The Mysterious Benedict Society, which also was a very quirky TV show. When I was a child, side note, I did read the whole Mysterious Benedict Society trilogy or series and the puzzle book. I loved the puzzle book and had a lot of fun with them. And watching the TV show was kind of fun because I remembered how the book began in a few of the plot twists, but I had no recollection really of the ending. So it was fun to see that and also pick out where some of the differences were. 
anyways, back to this. So I think seeing that show inspired me to think that this could make a good book because it's not quirky in the same way, but I feel like it could become a good show. And I also, one thing that I think works about it is that it has the two timelines. It has Orchid's past and then the family's present, basically. And so I think that that would be good because it'd be really easy to go back and forth of the timelines in a TV show in a way that doesn't work as much in movies. And having kind of like a This Is Us has that past present timeline always going throughout it, I think. I don't know. I've never watched This Is Us. I think that the inheritance of Orchieta Divina could be interesting with those dual timelines as well. And I also just think that like if this was turned into a TV show, the magic could be maybe explained a little bit better. I think also that visually seeing all of these things would make it so much more enjoyable of a experience. I didn't have a hard time envisioning most of the stuff that was going on. The author does a really good job of describing how things look and things like that, but I think it would just be really cool to see like what does a living flower look like that's on somebody? Like what did Ray's art look like? What did Four Rivers and Orchida's house look like? Because it's described as being like a magical place, like kind of like a forest in a desert, like things like that, like super interesting. So I think visually this would be really good. I think that it has an interesting story that would translate well to TV. And I'm not sure if it's going to be popular enough for it to get picked up to turn it into a TV show. And I don't know how many people would like it, but I do think it would make a really, really good TV show. So I don't know what other people think. If you've read this book, let me know what you think. Well, the other thing I think that would make it successful for TV is that they could make it longer than just one season, even though it's a standalone book. So the first season would follow basically what this book's plot is, in my mind. But the second season, Orgieta had five husbands. There could be a season per husband, potentially. And so, like, excuse me, so at the end of this book, you see Orgieta has left the circus and has the magic, but that's where her story ends. Where does she meet the second husband? How does she decide she needs to get to Four Rivers? What is that journey to Four Rivers like? And so on and so forth. So that could be an interesting plot for season two. For the family, I'm not really sure where their story goes from here. However, we could see Marimar raising Rhiannon. We could see potentially some other ghost figure coming for their magic. Or season two could be about them actually learning how to use their magic and maybe they accidentally do something bad and they have to counteract it. Marimar also at the end of the book learns that she is part star, which is something I want to talk about a little more later on as well. And so like it could be about her learning that maybe she goes into the heavens to the stars potentially. That could be an interesting plot line or things like that. So there are ways that this could be extended for a TV show, but I don't think it should have any more books in the series. Um, I guess I'll talk a little bit about Marimar being part star. I just felt like, not necessarily that she should have known she was part star. However, I feel like she should have known that something, like, there should have been some sort of tell that she was different. Like, her father literally glows from the inside out. He has to, like, force it to happen. Or I don't know if he has to force it, but he wills it to happen. He can look like a normal person, but he doesn't usually... So, like, why has that never been an issue for her? I guess she's only half, but still. Also, like, 
she's had that magic running throughout her for always not because she didn't get Orchiata's magic until she turned into a tree so how come she never ever knew about that and never felt it and never felt like the magic was happening I don't know I feel like that could have been explained a little bit better I also have questions about like so we learned that the star whose name I don't remember what it was I think it started with an L but I'm just gonna call him the star he like was trapped by Bolivar but also he wasn't because he was able to leave for at least six months and be with Marimar's mother so like that's confusing to me like was he safe until that point and then was turned into like basically a slave and indentured no a slave not an indentured service there was never any escape for him a slave to Bolivar to do his evil bidding I'm not really sure so I just feel like with that start part of the storyline there could have been more explanation more going on there and it was just it was interesting like I didn't I was confused because you know that you learn from the the Orchiatus part of the story about her past that the eight point star is the star of the circus the spectacular spectacular circus or whatever and so like you know that the guy's wearing the ring and you know that the ring originally was on Orchiatus like Bolivar's hand always and so it's like is Bolivar actually her dad is that weird but then it's the star it was a whole a whole thing it really kept me guessing who her dad was and what was going on with all of that and I also was kept guessing for a long time of whether it was Bolivar or the living star that was coming after them because for a long time I thought it was just the living star and he was upset that Orchida took too much magic from him more than she was agreed upon so he was coming back to get the magic back but while it was him attacking it was he was only attacking because Bolivar forced him to through his control special controlling ring or whatever so very interesting stuff one other thing I want to talk about is Ray's petals falling off. I very, very briefly mentioned this in the plot summary, but didn't touch on it too heavily, but I want to talk about it here. So in the like third and fourth parts of the book, as they are finding out more about their grandma and the living star and Bolivar and all that stuff, and they're going through these final fights, Ray's petals on his rose start falling off, which never has happened before. And it says something about the aura of death, like smell it, like his like with the rose is falling off. It kind of implies that Ray's gonna die at the end. Ray does not die at the end. Now, let me be clear. I liked Ray. I liked his character. I liked his character arc, whatever. So I'm not upset that he didn't die. I just thought it was weird that it was mentioned more than once, at least two or three times, that the petals were falling off of his rose and that it was like seemed like a death omen. However, he did not die. He did not even almost die. Like, there was no, like, reason, I thought, for these petals to be falling off. Contrasting that, um, Marimar's, like, closed bud that never bloomed for the first seven years is ripped out of her throat. She does then regrow an open orchid, which is some sort of special kind that she can't find, but very interesting that Ray's petals are falling off, and it's saying, like, this is a death omen, but no death is occurring. Well, there was a lot of death that did occur in this book, I will say. Which also leads me to another point. There was so much family. There's a family tree at the beginning of this book 
Which is kind of a spoiler because it lets you know that like Orquita's first husband is this Pedro Bolivar Londono the third guy who um you don't the whole family doesn't know about him and his existence really. But let's see how many people there was in the family. Like she had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. She had eight children and one, two, three, four, five, six six grandchildren and a great-grandchild so like there was a lot and then there were the people who got who married into the family so there were a lot a lot a lot of family members a lot of names to try and memorize and I really I tried my best but I failed I could not keep everybody straight in this book I got the idea of like who was who and sort of what their like general vibe and feelings toward Orchieta were but it was really hard to keep all of them straight, I will say. I did my best. All of that to say, why did Ray's flower petals fall off for no re- if there was no reason for it? Like, I don't know. It just felt like that was like foreshadowing of him dying and then he didn't die. Like I said, I'm not upset he didn't die. It just feels weird and like an, an open- not an open ending, but like a loose thread. It feels like a loose thread in the storyline. Hmm. One other thing that I want to talk about before I finish, like I said, this is going to be a bit shorter, is the circus. I don't know why. I should have seen it coming. Like, when it is revealed that Orchieta runs away and ends up joining the circus, I was like, of course she joins the circus. Obviously, this has such circus vibes, like the time, the magic element, all of this different stuff. I don't know why. I didn't, I didn't think she was going to join the circus. It never, like, came across my mind that that's where the story was going. But once it got there, it made perfect sense. I was like, of course, this is a story that takes place at the circus. I don't know why I got circus vibes from this. I don't know how I did. Like, uh, did anybody else feel that way when the circus came about? They were like, yeah, this would happen at the circus. I don't know what it is about the circus and about media and this book particularly that made me be like, yeah, this belongs in a, at a circus. I'm not really sure. But I felt those vibes, I received them, and I said, yes, this is exactly where the storyline needed to go. So, very exciting about that. I don't know if that's exciting, but, like, I don't know, it just felt right. Good writing. I'm glad that it went to the circus. Not sure if that was planned out or if that just happened. It really depends, I guess, on what sort of writer you are. But I thought that was a great choice. And that is really all that I have to say about this book. I think I really have talked about everything that I wanted to. Like I said, this is a shorter episode mostly because of my very conflicting feelings and because of that I can't I don't want to like it's not a book that I love where I'm gonna sit here and talk for hours about how wonderful it was and all the little details I loved. It wasn't a book I hated like the instructions for dancing book that I despised where I sat and talked for a long time about how much I hated it. It wasn't even like an average book where there's like little things I wanted to point out. It feels like I still feel very conflicted about how I feel about this book. Maybe within a month or so, I'll feel more like settled in my opinion. But as of right now, I'm really unsure. But how did you feel about this book if you read it? And if you didn't read it, how do you feel about it after listening to this podcast? Do you feel like you want to read it, that you would want to see it as a TV show, or you would definitely, that it would not be for you? Sorry, I just hit the cage on my microphone. So um, let me know, and you can do that by sending me an email at iwriteabookonceblog at gmail.com, or send me a DM on, on, DM 
on Instagram at I read a book once blog. You should also follow my Instagram, check it out. I post about once a week now, which I think is a much better thing for my mental health and for my sanity, which is a little different than my mental health, I think. Anyways, so go ahead and check out my Instagram. Give me some love. Give me some encouragement to continue to post on that. You could also check out my now defunct blog, iredabookonceblog.com. I no longer post on it, but my old posts are there if you want to check them out. Um, and so with, uh, with that, next week, I am going to be talking about The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood, I think is the name of the author. I don't have the book in front of me, so I'm pretty sure that's right. I just started it last night. I'm about 100 pages in because I couldn't put it down. And I love it. I love it, love it, love it so much so far. So I'm very excited about that. We're bringing the romance back around, even though we just saw it last two weeks ago. And it's going to be a romance-heavy future for the next couple episodes, which I'll talk all about later on. Anyways, this was I Read Book Once. My name is Emma, and I'll catch you guys next time.